it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. All right. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest minutes of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Dr. Oz wants to be the next senator from Pennsylvania. He's going to be joining us. Also, an incident happened, too, where he had to tap into his doctor knowledge. Uh, i got to get his take on what's going on with this new information. And along with the Joe Rogan podcast, are you insulted by it as a doctor? Do you Are you afraid? Is he afraid uh, that people are going to get the wrong information from uh, from a talk show host? And Carly Shimkus at the bottom of the hour we have nothing in common. So I'm really I'm struggling to with that segment. No, we'll find out if there's more to know there. And keep in mind, too, we got a big show on Saturday night, 8 o'clock, One Nation. I'll preview that here. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Each time that something like this happens where they want Joe Rogan removed and Spotify says no, it deflates the potency of these tactics and it shows the public that the media no longer has this power. I hope so for now. Media meltdown from CNN's implosion to Whoopi Goldberg's suspension to Joe Rogan. Americans are watching the powerful rise and fall. What does it tell you about who you can trust and who gets canceled? Number two. And then we're saying to Washington, D.C., SOS, we need your help. We have to stop the flow of illegal guns in our city. 6,000 guns removed off the street last year, close to 400 since I've been in office, yet they keep coming from gun dealers throughout this entire country. Have you thought about lassoing the criminals? President Biden comes to New York City and talk about one issue that is plaguing almost every major city, and that's crime. In the age of two police assassinations that took place two weeks ago, the right response now could save him, his party, you and maybe me, but indications are the president's going to be all about optics and politics. Number one. We're now understanding that 60 to 70,000 of them died from substance abuse, deferred cancer care. Uh, we know about the self-harm and suicide numbers. So we're now starting to recognize the collateral damage. Uh, that is true, Dr. Barney McCary of Johns Hopkins. Lift the lockdown and all the mandates now. A Hopkins study shows that what we all instinctively knew, shifting down, uh, shifting down our lives, locking us up in our homes, keeping social distance, wearing masks, did little to no good, and brought in a whole lot of hurt. Denmark, Sweden, and the U.K. have lifted all mandates and restrictions. When are we going to do the same? Let's bring in Dr. Oz, working hard to represent the people of Pennsylvania in the U.S. Senate. First, he needs the nomination. Dr. Oz, welcome back. Thanks, Brian. It is going well, though. I've got a double-digit lead. It's a lot of uh, fun barnstorming around the state. If folks want to see me, it's DrOz.com, but you'll see these you know, sort of tent revival events. But there's a lot of passion, Brian. Folks really are anxious about where we are as a country. Uh, they're seeing through the fallacy, the false narratives that have been tossed at us all through COVID, but it just is emblematic of a lot of problems that we've got in our economy and schools uh, and our border, China, and our inability to deal seriously with the, with the biggest threat of all, perhaps. So all these issues are getting folks motivated. I see a very good November for our party. 
First off, uh, let's talk about another area of expertise, and that's uh, what we're in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, so Johns Hopkins does this study, and it turns out that the shutdown, lockdown mandates have helped us 0.02%. That's it, 0.02%, let alone the mental, emotional health that's died, that's uh, that's really plaguing us. Remember, the lack of learning for kids, that is still a huge problem in our country, uh, let alone the livelihoods that have been lost because businesses have been shut down. But yet Hopkins does this study, Dr. Oz. And they don't publicize it because it said everything that I said and is counterintuitive. It's counter to almost all the policies of President Biden. I find that infuriating. Well, you should be angry. I'm angry as a physician. And just to take you back in time, two years ago when you and I were doing Fox and Friends almost every single morning, yep. we were talking about the fact that some of these rules temporarily might be okay, but unlikely that long-term it, that these lockdowns would work. It never had been done in the past with success. It didn't work in 1918. It wouldn't work today. There are a lot of people who put their hands up. We got shot. Everyone put their hands up and said, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Got taken out. We now know Fauci actually organized some of these takedowns. Just to be clear, one-size-fits-all mandates do not work. They failed. Hopkins reviewed 24 real-world studies. These are not esoteric models. These are real people with real illnesses. Picked the 24 best studies. They showed that school closures, business closures, domestic travel restrictions, limiting gathering, all these crazy things that we were sort of looking around and seeing if there was a camera watching us because they made no sense. 0.2% difference. Maybe. Maybe. These days, kids under 10, no increased transmission risk compared to being at home when he went to school. Because you know what? When they go home, they play. So none of these things are actually working. And we tortured people. And it's a government, I believe, that selfishly is copying right. others. They want to avoid blame. They're not behaving the way Americans historically have been uh, uh, successful, which is to be brave in the face of conflict. Don't run into machine gun fire, but don't cower in the corners. Lead us. People respond to dangers clear and present outside their door. They're smart. I trust Americans. So do you. They take precautions, regardless of government mandates. So you don't have to mandate things. They do it on their own. It probably is counterintuitive. Dr. Oz with us. So, Doctor, again, I want to excuse with the medical side. So I, I watch all the other channels to find out what's going on and, and some of the who's going to get fired and who just resigned when in case of CNN. So I, I'm watching and I'm saying to myself, wait a second. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm hearing that there's this new – the FDA is – there's a big push for Pfizer to greenlight their new vaccine uh, for kids zero to five. But they say two shots is not good enough, more like three shots. I'm saying to myself, what person, Democrat or Republican, is going to sit there and listen to this study and give their kids three shots before they're five years old? Dr. Lena Leanna Wen, who does everything the CDC wants – and the FDA and dope Joe Biden wants, and the opposite of what Donald Trump wants, she was brought on. And listen to her reaction. Cut eight. Well, I'm ambivalent right now, John, which is not something that I'd ever thought that I would say about vaccines for under five-year-olds. I'm the mom of two little kids under five. I can't wait until they are vaccinated. But I would wait until we find that the vaccines are safe and effective. And I'm not sure that we can say that at the moment because we just don't have the data. You know that pained her to say that? So, of course not. She's a mom first. How can you possibly tell people two don't really work? We think three will work. Best of luck. She's going to get canceled. She's finished. Done. You're not allowed to do that. You cannot challenge what you're told. That's the government's authoritarian overreach that has hurt our nation so harshly. And no one, no society uses their kids as shields. But literally, we are doing that. Cruel people would do this. Here's a study, by the way. Pfizer looked at two doses of the vaccine. It didn't work. 
So the government said, come on, come on down, give us what you got. We'll go ahead and approve that with the hope that a third shot down the road might actually make it effective. Who is going to do that? It's not that, like... Yeah, three shots. We don't know three shots work. We know two shots don't work. So they're saying, go ahead and get started with the two, and we'll figure out over time if three shots will make it work. No one in their right mind who's really looking at this data would be all that worried about young kids anyway. Forget about giving them three shots that might actually reduce the chance of them having a problem. If you get some of the data from countries that are willing to report on healthy children, it is very, very uncommon for a healthy child to get sick from COVID, sick enough that they end up hospitalized. The CDC reports just just in the first two years of the pandemic, it was less than 900 kids uh, with the diagnosis of COVID had a horrible outcome. That, by the way, is similar to common viral infections like influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, RSV. So if we didn't do this for all those in, uh, viruses, why now do we change our mind and react very differently? One size fits all does not work. Little kids have a risk of have problems from COVID that's less than a thousandth one thousandth of the risk of their grandparents. Same, by the way, for uh, young adults. That's why kids right now are in turmoil. They're forcing children to get booster shots when they don't really have a, a, a risk. The kids who have been vaccinated who are 20 don't have a meaningful risk of problems. They might pass the virus because you can't stop it with the vaccine. And they ignore natural immunity. Can just absolutely do not accept that it's a possibility. So you're putting kids at the risk of myocarditis and other complications. Paul Offit, maybe one of the fathers of the space, really, he invented the rotavirus vaccine. A big-time pro-vax guy was on the FDA panel. Until they disbanded it, they stopped asking doctors what they think about these, these boosters. He argued against the boosters with many of his colleagues, most of his colleagues, his kid, he's not boosting. He does, does not make sense. How is it possible that the instinctive response of the Biden administration to every problem is boost? You know, Omicron's coming, boost. Inflation's up, boost. Uh, people aren't working because you're paying them, boost. How does that work? It shouldn't. A uh, couple of things. There was a straw poll done in Pennsylvania I saw. Uh, you got 12 votes. Dave McCormick got 27 votes. Uh, Bartos, uh, the real estate executive, got 34 votes. Does that worry you? No. The straw polls are just a non-binding assessment by party insiders. It's all about playing the game, and which is, I respect. It's an important part of the process, but not important for the average uh, viewer uh, or average voter because they're looking for broad themes, like can they speak boldly and frankly in the halls of Congress about the issues that are plaguing our state, our Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is struggling with lost manufacturing jobs. No one is going to work. We've got an inflation rate like the rest of the country that is devastating savings, especially in older folks. And Pennsylvania has an older population. Our schools are still shut down. We we have we teach critical race theory in schools. These are all issues that that perplex us. I am as well ahead in the popular polls. Uh, we will do very very well. I'm glad this process exists, but we are full speed ahead with our barnstorming and success. At it. So uh, right now, I understand that you are calling out the Philadelphia Inquirer because you're saying they're trying to cancel you because they don't want to put Dr. Oz and list you in their uh, list you that way. And that's how people know you. Well, they think it's an unfair advantage to me to be Dr. Oz. And it's part of a larger war they have on meritocracy. If I work t- hard and I'm still taking care of patients and, uh, and I deserve the title that I work for and society granted me, then why wouldn't they call me that? Now, ironically, over the weekend, 
at one of these Republican caucus meetings, a gentleman collapsed. Uh, I, of course, was there. I helped him. Um, and they, so the Inquirer posted, you know, something about Dr. Oz, you know, helped the gentleman. And we were, <laughs> and I was, some of your colleagues at Fox were, were tweaking them, saying, what are you talking about? I thought you weren't going to call him doctor anymore. You're still a doctor. And if, you, if you're a doctor, you should, the Inquirer should not put their thumb on the scale. Uh, and by the way, they, they did that. Uh, we complained about it. And, you know, they got a quarter million people on Facebook. I have six million. So we went to, we went to battle with them. And, and we're going to keep giving them a hard time about what they're doing that we believe skews the, the election. So, Dr. Hodge, what do you say to people who go, it's not Dr. Cassidy or uh, the senator from Wyoming, Watchman? Yeah, they can have all their – but, I, you know, or also, I should not say. become – yeah, a lot of people did not earn a 96% name awareness in Pennsylvania as Dr. Rouse hosting a, a, sh- a show on television, the top health show around the world for 13 years. If I've earned that, that, no, that, that, no, that nomenclature, that brand, taking it away is, uh, you know, is a serious effort to, to distort how people perceive me. And so when you go to the polling booth, you'll see Mehmet Oz. Well, you won't be sure who that is. And again, I, if, uh, maybe I could change my name, but it's, it's, it's a little extreme. Are you for lifting all restrictions like Denmark did, like the U.K. did? Yes, and I'll tell you something, Brian. That's true for a lot of doctors. Most of us have been silenced. Some of us are speaking up. I'm encouraging my brethren to do what I'm doing, which is say enough. You know in your heart that what's really happened during COVID is the government has separated doctors from patients. Because when you call your doctor, a doctor doesn't say, come on down. He says, wait at home. If your lips turn blue, go to the ER. I don't want to see you. I don't want you in my office. The government's not giving me any tools to use. There are no outpatient treatments that are available in America today. The FDA finally approved antiviral products, uh, but you know, they've been, one of them was available way before COVID started. So they finally said, yes, these things work to stop the viral spread. Probably the solution to COVID is to treat patients, not just try to prevent it, which is what doctors normally do. We still don't have them in the drugstores. I can't get antibody cocktails for patients, and I'm trying. It is shameful that we are, as a nation, humbled right. by our inability to just make basic well, products to arm doctors. Wall Street Journal's Gerard, Gerard Baker did a column. He said, what happened to warp speed? Well, when President Biden got in there, he disabled warp speed. But not only that, he stopped the process. So what did the government do that was so cutting edge? They pre-ordered all the vaccine from Pfizer, Moderna, uh, and Johnson & Johnson, and one other company that didn't come through. And they said, under the hunch that this concoction is going to get approval, and it did. So when it came to therapeutics, they, t- they told Merck, spend your own money, do your own tests, Get it approved the old-fashioned way, and when you do it, then we'll order it. That is why we only have $10 million, because he had to disable warp speed, I would contend, because it's Trump's. Well, we know how much of the press rooted against solutions that would have helped Americans because President Trump liked them. We saw this with hydroxychloroquine, which we still don't know if it works or not, because they never did the trials. We don't even know about things like ivermectin. We don't know about antivirals that we now turn out to work because it took forever. Merck, who has an antiviral drug, again, traditional, regular company, they work hard. They had to go around the U.S. government to study their product. Two patients a day were enrolled because it's hard to do if you're working around everybody. And they found out that it actually works. Well, my goodness, why did it take two years to show that something that existed four years ago could have helped people? Here's the big story, Brian, as a doctor, and it infuriates us. We are used to treating people to prevent illness. I'll give you a medication to reduce your cholesterol, right? But if you have a heart attack, I still have to treat you. I can't pretend that it's, you know, it's your fault because you didn't take the cholesterol pills the right way. Who blames, with vaccines we do this, who blames people who didn't take the product for the product failing? 
These vaccines work to reduce severe illness. They do not work to prevent spread. They were not the solution. They're going to be breakthrough cases. It is shameful, borderline criminal, that we do not have treatments that arm doctors with. By removing doctors from the equation, you left patients uh, without, you know, way out at sea with no oars. And that's where people are right now, distrustful of everything because they were lied to. Dr. Oz, uh, thanks so much. If people want to support you, run for Senate, where do they go? DrOz.com. We got a great site. All my positions are there. Please join. We got lots of information. Let's change how Republicans think about the world. Give us a chance to say what we see. All of you out there, listen to the Brian Show. It's critical. Say what you see. Stop being coward. All right. Uh, and the primary will be in May. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Dr. Oz, thank you. God bless. one 408-7669. Uh, I want to take your calls. We have a lot going on, including uh, when we get back, the terrorist strike that killed the man we believe was in charge of ISIS. Good job, President Biden. Politics, current events, and news that affects you. Brian's got a lot more to say. Stay with Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Good morning and welcome to The View. Um, You all saw the news. Whoopi will be back here in two weeks. Okay. Tara Setmayer has returned to guest co-host, so let's get some hot topics, ladies, shall we? That was it. And Joy Behar started, and then he started ripping on Gorsuch for some other reason. But she's referring to the fact that Whoopi Goldberg evidently really ticked off that she was suspended two weeks for ridiculous comments on the Holocaust, saying it was man inhumanity to man. She walked it back and still got laid off anyway for two weeks. I don't even, I heard she doesn't like the job. I heard she's miserable to be around. I mean, she obviously got COVID, I think, twice by doing everything. She was ram- rambling on that. But I just don't think she wants to go out like this. So my sense is she'll come back and then she'll leave probably within six months. So that's a big deal. Then Jeff Zucker being forced out at uh, CNN with the worst being yet to come. Almost by all reports, they say this is all because Chris Cuomo is blowing up the place. And there's a lot more to come down the pike. Andrew Cuomo meeting with the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, two days ago. What were they talking about? Just trying to help him out? That's kind of interesting. These are three major stories. And the other thing is Jen Psaki pushing that Spotify put a disclaimer up. But one says it's just the beginning. Really? Because Joe Rogan interviews doctors like Sanjay Gupta and Dr. Malone, who might have a different opinion than... The ridiculous doctor, 81-year-old Fauci, who's been wrong for two and a half years, threatening a private company. Sadly, maybe he's going to scare some sponsors away and uh, eventually rein him in, which would be a huge problem for the country. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
But from a society-wide perspective, after two years on the hellish highway, it appears our country is finally arriving at the off-ramp. The virus appears to be heading endemic. 70% of Americans agree with the statement, it's time we accept that COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. It's time for the state of emergency to wind down. Yeah, you got that? Take the masks off. Put the kids back in school. Stop giving the power to the teachers union. Let's get back to work off Zoom and let's stop all the restrictions. And guess what? A Johns Hopkins study shows Mitch McConnell's 100 percent right that not only should we get back to work, we never should have left work. In fact, they said in studying what's happened over the last two and a half years, their results show that we saved about 0.02 percent in deaths. So we would have the same thing happen, only we'd have livelihoods and lives and be a lot mentally and physically healthier than we are right now. Carly, Hopkins does this study and they didn't publicize it. I know. Mitch McConnell says that and nobody picked that up. No, I wonder why they didn't publicize it. Do you think it's because they were afraid of getting pushback? Well, then why do the study anyway? No, because they don't want to buck the administration. That's ridiculous. It's sinful. Just think about what happened um, in California with those lawmakers, Newsom, uh, Garcetti. We should pull that. I don't know if you pulled that, Allison. Garcetti. (laughs) Gave an explanation of when he took off his mask, what he did. Do you, so, have, do, do you have it? I don't. I want to play. You don't have it. Well, first Can off, I- Gavin Newsom had the most ridiculous excuse ever. Gavin Newsom comes out and says, "I only took it off once because uh, yeah, I was being gracious for Magic Johnson to take a picture." And then we see him again, and then he was like, "I made a," meh, and then he ate the word mistake because you know somebody was coaching him, being like, "Listen, don't you're going to get this question. Don't admit that you made a mistake because then all the headlines are going to say that you made a mistake." I don't understand why they're not just saying, "Listen." We recognize that we're in a different place with COVID right now, and we are re- we're um, thinking about re- changing the rules. Uh, we felt comfortable not wearing a mask. We were outside. They're they're wearing masks. The rules in California are that you have to wear a mask in large outdoor events. So they think that everybody's going to be wearing a mask to the Super Bowl. They will. Are and they these, crazy? Listen, Carly, I'm sure they're going to have these monitors walking up at them and say, put it on. I say 85,000 should all take them off. I know, but they're – All take them off. <laughs> all, all at once. Just um, – I really want to talk about what Garcetti said though because it's so funny. Or, do we have the sound or no? OK, so sorry. Oh my Not gosh. yet. We're about to get okay, it. Go ahead. Good. Um, no, but I just, I just don't understand why politicians aren't taking a win on this one. Say, listen – Everybody has done a great job. The Biden administration should right now just say the pandemic phase of COVID is over. Um, we've 70 percent of Americans are vaccinated. We have uh, vaccines at the ready. Uh, we have therapeutics. We're in a much different spot. Um, and it's time to move on with our lives. When you think about all the people who don't have basic things like the education that's been lost or the job opportunities that have been lost over this, um, it's really sad. And then the Johns Hopkins study is a nice case in point um, to what we're talking about right now, where the lockdowns didn't do any benefit and it really did so much harm for so many years. The meta-analysis of 24 studies said staying at home is ill-founded. The restrictions of putting on a mask, virtually zero effect uh, to the point where the excess death was about 124,000. Looking at a number 70,000, looking at that number, 70,000 died from substance abuse while uh, 70,000 during that time died of substance abuse. 
Uh, they say the others died from deferred cancer treatment. Yeah. Some others died from self-harm and the side effects of the lockdown. So Dr. Martin McCarry's from Hopkins, and he went on with uh, he went on with Tucker's. I don't know what's going on here. Cut five. Even in the early days of New York, we got data that was largely ignored that 80% of the deaths were in people over 65, and half of them roughly were in nursing homes, and yet we continued to treat this as if everybody was at equal risk. And we continue to do that today in schools who, where children bear the, yeah. the biggest burden of the restrictions in this country. So I think the public is hungry for honesty and basic yeah. humility from public health yeah. officials because you've got to evolve your position as the data come in. That's right. I mean, he's talking about targeted lockdowns being the way to handle this, where uh, we, you recognized early on that mm-hmm. this virus was affecting uh, the older population more than the younger population. So if you're an older person, then you have to be, you have, you know, personal responsibility. You have to take care of yourself in a different way. Uh, but shutting down an entire economy for now we're entering the third year where masks are still happening. And there's always I feel like there's always the constant threat of if there is going to be another strain of COVID-19, then you could lockdown again that just has to stop right but if you but if you talked about targeted lockdowns on social media your post would get removed francis collins um tried to discredit the whole notion of it and look at what's happening now i have i you don't understand the disdain i have for him and fauci here's a mayor garcetti caught without a mask he says it was the only time during the three-hour game when people ask for a photograph, I hold my breath. There's a 0% chance of infection from that. I won't pull it down for two seconds anymore. That's easy. But it, to me, it is crystal clear that nobody has been endangered by that. He held his breath. I mean, <laughs> come on. Are you kidding? Held his breath. Do you think that Didn't he, he test negative anyway? Wait, what are you talking about? Do you think that he rehearsed that? Yeah. Like with his communications Absolutely. person? How are we going to handle this? Absolutely. Just say you held your breath. What? What about that w- woman, Lyndon Breed? She yeah, was already Lyndon caught Breed. at a club dancing. I know. And now she gets caught at the game without a mask on. Yeah. And now, you know, they're looking through all the stills, everybody, to see if Garcetti had any time to – how many times he was holding his and breath I, during yeah, the game. and I think the, <laughs> the holding of the breath – is hilarious. I was talking to Janice about that during Fox. Janice who? Janice Dean. And we were both saying Fox News needs to play that clip on loop. I mean, it's just gold. You can't, you cannot make it up. But think back to all the double standards, too. And it's not just the rules for the not for me kind of stuff. But even when it came to small businesses, remember Angela Marsden, that small business owner from California, who uh, you weren't allowed to have any indoor outdoor seating at the time. And then she looks in her um, in her parking lot and there's a TV, a movie set, a TV show that had outdoor catering and people were eating. And she's a restaurant owner saying, I am about to lose my business and there are people eating outside when one, I could have either catered this or I could be making money. So sad how there were, you know, winners and losers to this. And unfortunately, the losers are people that d- didn't have the voice. The movie industry, you know that, you know, lawmakers over, are going to listen to them. I wish we would talk in retrospect. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who was marginalized when he came out and said what we just were discussing, turns out to be fact. Cut to. It's been a devastating time to be a scientist. It's been a devastating time just to be here because the lockdowns have created so much damage. Uh, I I believe that there are many, many people who are now passed away that should have survived this because of the harms in the lockdown. Uh, uh, Just the evidence on the international data alone. Uh, In March of 2021, 228,000 
children. That's what the UN estimated would uh, die from starvation caused by the lockdowns in South Asia. In the U.S., we just had a report that, that we've topped over 100,000 people dead from type 2 diabetes. That should be managed, but we, the lockdowns prevented managing even basic care. Yep. Uh, so there's uh, ramifications to this, but we've got to get these people out of office to do a real look at what right went wrong. Because knowing China, they're irresponsible actors that they are, something else is going to come down the pike. I know. Yeah, I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about, like I said before, um, if there's an, a new wave mm-hmm. of COVID, what's going to happen then? And I think people have collectively just said enough is enough. Um, we don't care what you say anymore. We're going to handle this in our own way. So you were on <laughs> Fox and Friends Monday and Tuesday, right? That's right. And no, were, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. You were on the big show over the weekend? I was. You were. And did you, is that it? Um, I was also uh, over the weekend. Yeah. I was, I was on Lawrence's new show. Lawrence's new. Don't yes. like, so, I mean, oh, sorry. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's right. No, we're not in a rivalry. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> well, you're going to be on with us this weekend. Yes, I am. Right. Yeah. You excited? As excited as you were to be on I, Lawrence's show? I'm going to be on Brian's new show. That's all I need. Some <laughs> sunshine in the voice. So we were going to do a news duel, but it's really a derivative uh, of more to know. And like, for example, you probably – this predated you, but there was a time in America where we spun off series after series uh, into other series. Mm -hmm. And for example, there was Happy Days and then you had Laverne and Shirley. Uh So this will be like a Laverne and Shirley. I love it. Do you like the analogy? You can Uh ride with that? I can ride with that. I like the Laverne and Shirley theme song. It's my favorite theme song of all the shows. Why? It's a happy song. But they were stuck in a they were stuck in a bottle manufacturing place. They were they were, they were manufacturing it's a terrible bottles. job. Wasn't it is it? a terrible. But that was part of the charm of the show. Right. They they were blue collar people. They were blue collar folks. That's right. Um but the song is happy. Right. Would you ever date a guy named Squiggy? Because that's who uh, that is who Shirley dated. You can't help who you love. Right. Yeah, I'm open to Squiggy. You are? Yeah, uh-huh. The I hair, like I don't know about. You do remember. That's incredible. Back in a moment. We're going to do more now. Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. CNN and the relationship with the Cuomo's was like dousing the building with gasoline and Chris Cuomo was holding the match on the way out. And he's about to throw it in there because when they fired him, after everything that they did to protect the Cuomo brothers, getting rid of him, putting it all on Chris Cuomo, this is Cuomo's revenge. They messed with the gangster brothers and they're getting it back right now. There's way more to this about that we're going to find out, Uh. hopefully. Katie Pavlich, and it was Scottsdale Show. That's right. People are laughing in the background. Welcome back, everyone. Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Carly Shimkus is here. Carly, it's going to get a lot worse, right? I mean, this Cuomo thing is going to get a lot worse. Right. It makes me happy I don't have a complicated life. Right. Uh, It's just too complicated. It's a lot. Well, Zucker and uh, this Gallus, this Allison Gallus, Mm -hmm. who he's having an affair with, was a press secretary for Andrew Cuomo. And it makes one wonder, did she have a role in the Cuomo thing happening? And when Chris Cuomo wants to blow up the place, does he want to say that whole disaster was not even my idea? It was Zucker's. Yeah, well, um, I, the, apparently the reporting now is that uh, that was the case and that they sort of um, 
were influential in getting Governor Cuomo on Chris Cuomo's show. Which was a disaster. Yeah, but I mean it's also strange because it's like did they really need the executives to step in when the anchor is is the governor's brother? And plus no one told me to be giggly. I mean, it was a yeah. pandemic. Thousands of people are dying and you don't have a vaccine and you're giggling about it. You don't have tests. But I do agree with everybody who says that him, his uh, resignation is about more than being in a relationship with this woman because they're both at the executive level um, and they were both divorced. There's no clamor, right? And it's kind of – and there were there are pictures of them out at a concert yeah. so people knew about it. So – um, I like what Dana said on the five yesterday. She's like, I want people to be able to find love wherever they go. It's it's fine. Uh, so maybe the HR rules there need to change. Um, but I, I think that um, this is about more than just love. You think something else is coming out? I don't know I, if anything else is coming out. I, I'm sure that if Chris Cuomo had his way, <laughs> something else would come out. Uh, but yeah, it does feel like. Uh, Jeff Zucker is trying to get ahead of something that could possibly come out. This is so above my pay grade. I, you know, I, the executive conversation. I don't know how much. I'm, do you I'm have, a mirror. How, uh, Allison, how <laughs> much do you have to get paid to talk about somebody else being uh, fired? I think Carly needs. She wants her salary at least doubled. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I demand that. And then you'll talk about it. I did see Jeff Zucker on a plane once. He was sitting in first class. I was not, so I passed him and went on with my life. All right. I'm surprised he didn't make a uh, an offer to you to get you over to <laughs> CNN. They probably would have had some ratings. Let's find out if Aww. Carly needs to know more. More to know. All right. So let's get started. Bill Belichick. Uh, silence on Tom Brady has been broken. Trying to change the subject after his ridiculous tweet to the wrong Brian who got the giant job. He came out and called him the best football player in history. Here's the quote. I am privileged to have drafted and coached Tom Brady, the ultimate competitor and winner. Tom's humble beginning in professional football ultimately ended with him becoming the best player in NFL history. Yep. Is all forgiven? Well, apparently, do they not like each other? There was there was a little bitterness at the end. I know it's sad. It's like a marriage that is has just gone on for too long. But hopefully that they're they're okay. Marriage goes on for too long. I don't know. I thought that was a goal of marriage <laughs> to go on a long time. Yeah, I think we're getting along good, but I just feel like. It's well, too you know, long. like one of those stale marriages where it's just like they're both good people, but they just don't love each other. If anymore. you want to get divorced, if is saying to a judge with just stale, we're just stale, right? So like a loaf of bread gone bad. Well, you know what you could do like this. I think she could do better. I, yeah. Right. right? I mean, yes. That's way, and then you work out the that's financial. Very, that's a good way of saying it. It's right. not you. It's me. Right. Rob uh, Gronkowski said in his farewell remarks, the Tampa Bay Bucks tight end said, shared a video of compilation and Instagram. He says, "You're my best friend, Tommy Boy," and of course they will play in the Queen song. So that's nice. That's really cute. Yeah, I, I think that he's going to retire too. I think. You think? Well, he came out of retirement for Tom Brady, so it would make sense. He also wanted to play in front of his mom in Tampa. He said, "Did he?" Isn't I really, I think that Rob Gronkowski is hilarious. I don't he's want like you little, with him. He's like a giant puppy. True. He, I, you would not find him challenging in a relationship. Oh, You'd be like, "Listen, you keep talking about football all day." Hold on, you're teeing me up perfectly for my more to know topic. Next. A new uh, study polled 2,000 Americans in a relationship to find out the new normal. Um, to find out what the new normal is, and they found that financial security is one of the top three most attractive traits to have, followed by a sense of humor and intelligence. Wow. So if you're rich, smart, and funny, I mean, you could have your pick of the litter. Curly, I think they're talking about people who've gotten married already. Doesn't that sound like you second a relationship? Dog, right. I mean, like when you if you get married in your 20s, it's looks and body. 
looks and body in your 20s. Yeah. Right. This is do you like think at 30 is like, how age. much do you earn? I feel like they only pulled women because financial security, sense of humor, and intelligence are things that women go for. Guys are more visual. Do you think, <laughs> that's, speaking as a male, I would say that. I wouldn't be like, how much money do you have? Right. I think I want to date you. Yeah. Um, sense of humor is attractive for both, I feel. Right. Yeah. Although I also think that, you know, I'm going to stop. But never mind. Next. President Trump and Ron DeSantis will be co-headliners at CPAC. Okay. Other speakers include Ted Cruz and Mike Pompeo. And Sean Hannity will be speaking at CPAC. Wow. That'll be on February 24th to the 27th in Orlando. What about DeSantis and Trump? How real is the tension? I think there's something there. Yeah, I I don't... I th- Maybe budding tension, and we're going to have to just wait and see how the... If- the presidential race plays out. If Trump wants in and DeSantis wants in, then that marriage is over. I, I can't. Yeah, right. If they both run. Yeah. But I think Trump did two things that were ridiculous. Uh, goes after Lindsey Graham, calls him a rhino mm-hmm. uh, because Joe Lindsey Graham came out and said January 6th. I think is uh, was anybody who did that and was proven that did get the book thrown at him. He also said the Supreme Court justice, if nominated by a Democratic president, he knows her. He goes, I think she'd do a good job. So we can't believe it. He also... Blew up Mike Pence and said he should be investigated. I Are you mean, kidding? I know, I Mike know. Pence is like a saint. Yeah, I agree. So there are still things that um, the president is saying that not everybody agrees with. Next. The former president. Um, the greatest TV shows of all time, according to a new poll. Um, I'll read from five up. Fifth greatest TV show, Frasier. Fourth, Three's Company. Third, Game of Thrones. Two, Seinfeld. The number one greatest show of all time, according to this poll. Friends. All right. I will contend that uh, Friends I don't like. Uh, Seinfeld I do. It's probably third. The number one series is Cheers. Number two is Taxi. I encourage you to watch the series. Laverne and Shirley. Great theme song. Really? Yeah, it's a great great theme song. But it's so so stilted. Right? (laughs) I mean, like Laverne and Shirley. I don't like Laverne and Shirley. I I like Happy Days when before Fonzie took his gel out. Yeah. When he that, had the gel in I can him. agree with you on that one. Name a, name a show I didn't that you like. Um, Battlestar Galactica is the eighth greatest show of all time, and it's my number two favorite show, Game of Thrones number one. Thanks, Crowley. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian hey, thanks so much, Lewis, and everybody coming to you from New York. Heard around the country, heard around the world. Jason Chaffetz standing by. Mark Thiessen of the Washington Post uh, will be here, too. The President of the United States is going to be here uh, in a couple of hours. First, he's going to be making an announcement, we understand, about a terror kill in Syria. That's great. I hear it's the new Baghdadi. So that'll be fantastic. But the President's coming here because he realizes crime is out of control in this city. He's realizing two cops were assassinated uh, last Friday, two Fridays ago, and the funeral was yesterday. For Officer Mo- uh, Detective Mora and Wilbur Mora and his family. And at 27 years old, he never had his own. At tw- the 22-year-old that was killed, uh, uh, Gar- uh, Rivera, Jason Rivera, the, he was killed. He just had gotten married. So both these lives struck down by a cop killer. And it's not the first time. It's the fifth and sixth time an officer has been shot since he took office. So it's out of control, and we'll get to that. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Each time that something like this happens where they want Joe Rogan removed and Spotify says no, it deflates the potency of these tactics and it shows the public 
that the media no longer has this power. Uh, there you go. Glenn Greenwald pointing out the media meltdown, the CNN implosion to Whoopi's suspension to Joe Rogan getting baby banned. Americans are watching the powerful rise and fall. What does it tell you about who you can trust and who's going to get canceled? Number two. And then we're saying to Washington, D.C., SOS, we need your help. We have to stop the flow of illegal guns in our city. 6,000 guns removed off the street last year, close to 400 since I've been in office. Yet they keep coming from gun dealers throughout this entire country. Yeah, that is Mayor Eric Adams of New York. President Biden comes here to talk about uh, one issue that's plaguing almost every major city, and that's crime. But in the age of two police assassinations, the right response now could save him, could save his party. You and maybe me, but indications are it's all about optics, about guns and politics. Number one. We're now understanding that 60 to 70,000 of them died from substance abuse, deferred cancer care. Uh, We know about the self-harm and suicide numbers. So we're now starting to recognize the collateral damage. Really? Dr. Marty McCary, lift the lockdown and all the mandates. A Hopkins study shows what we all instinctively knew. Shifting down our lives, locking us in our house, keeping social distance, wearing masks to little to nothing to keep the death rate low. Denmark, Sweden, and the U.K. have changed course. They are now totally free. That's where we have to be. This is in the endemic stage. We are at the point where in the New York area in particular, we have cases have dropped 46%. In almost every major city, 46%. It is time to turn the corner on this. Here's Senator Mitch McConnell on where we're at now. Cut one. But from a society-wide perspective, after two years on the hellish highway, it appears our country is finally arriving at the off-ramp. The virus appears to be heading endemic. 70% of Americans agree with the statement, it's time we accept that COVID is here to stay. And we just need to get on with our lives. It's time for the state of emergency to wind down. Exactly. No more masks. Forget the mandates. Let us go out to dinner. Not keeping our distance. Put the kids back in school. A Hopkins study shows it helps save lives 0.02%. 0.02%. And I was wrong. Cases have dropped over the last two weeks in New York by 49%. 49%. Uh, let's go out to Jason Chaffetz. Jason, the congressman from uh, Utah, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, it. No problem. So when are we going to just throw off the chains like Boris Johnson embroiled in scandal did, like Denmark did? Uh, do you think we should have a presser and do that? Or do you think politically it's too risky because he kind of did that in July and then in came the Delta variant? I think we're we're way late in doing this. Of course, we should have done it. I two things that have just a huge mystery to me: why this administration didn't embrace. One is why not just target the most vulnerable, go to those communities that are the most vulnerable, and target those people and say, "You're elderly. You have a comorbidity. You have that. Let's focus on those folks." But for a healthy eighteen-year-old who's out just playing, trying to play a little soccer, or maybe play some tennis or something. Those people, they don't need that. That's my understanding of what the science says. The second thing is there was never a consideration as to people who actually had COVID. They never, there was never any part of the calculus to say, look, we've had millions of people that have been affected, but guess what? 
they now have some antibodies that give them a lot of strength, and that's a good thing. I want you to hear it. So, so Hopkins does this study, and it just reflected everything I just said about the lockdowns being useless. They didn't even publicize their own study, Congressman. Here is Dr. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins. Cut four. So over two years, it was about a quarter million people who died. Many, many scientists have not begun to peel back this number to understand why were more people dying than the normal death rate in the United States for reasons not related to COVID? Well, we're now understanding that 60 to 70,000 of them died from substance abuse. Uh, deferred cancer care. That statistic takes years to accrue. Uh, we know about the self-harm and suicide numbers. And there are hundreds of kids in Baltimore alone that the teachers described never logged on to their virtual learning modules ever. And they were lost uh, for, to follow up forever in the school system. So we're now starting to recognize the collateral damage. And by the time we finally get the research that catches up with uh, public opinion, people may already have their own narrative written. Yeah, exactly. By the way, hospitalizations down 16%, cases down 49%, deaths are up 35%. But I don't know anybody healthy who's dying from Omicron. That's just not the makeup of this variant. Yeah, no, that, that, that's the reality. You know, he just happens to be a doctor, just from, happens to be from, you know, a pretty reputable place. But the good old folks over there at the social media companies, boy, they're still slapping labels on things and, and trying to shut things down. I also think it's a shame. I think it is downright malpractice that the United States Congress has no active investigation to figure out where the origins of this started. I, I, I just, you know, as somebody who is the former chairman of the Oversight Committee, I, I can't believe they continue to get away with just ignoring the origins. Well, let me ask them, if you're the minority, are you helpless? Uh, you can actually do quite a bit. Um, you have some minority rights. You can still draw attention. You can still ask for documents. You can still lay the predicate because I think there is an anticipation that, you know, uh, come January, you actually will be in power. But if you don't lay the foundation for the year, year and a half beforehand, then you're left trying to stumble through it. And uh, I think Republicans should be united. I mean, why don't we see letters with 100 percent of the Republicans on it asking and demanding these types of investigations? If it was the other way around, I know Nancy Pelosi would. Well, I heard that there was uh, dozens of Republicans who signed a letter to Joe Biden to lift some of the tariffs on China. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the type of thing I think that the Republicans should take some some heat on. There should be some exposure here. Look, you, you've got close to 200 Republicans in the House of Representatives. Which one of those representatives is not going to sign on to a letter saying, hey, let's do, investigate the origins of COVID-19? But there doesn't seem to be anybody who's rallying that, putting that together and demanding that it happen. So I want you to hear this. What's happening in Ottawa, I'm fascinated with. They got tens of thousands of truckers and just citizens who are ringing the Capitol demanding freedom. I mean, they have really locked down there. It's almost like China can't go to a Starbucks at night, can't go to a club, can't go to a restaurant. You, you're not I mean, you get in trouble. So these truckers, when they were told to get to get vaccinated or lose your job, they just said they've had it. And a lot of them are from America. Listen to what these people are saying. Cut six. People want change. They feel that we are their last hope because nobody else is listening. We're listening and we are here. We're all brothers in this together and we're here for one cause and that's to fight for the freedoms of Canadians and for Canada itself. We need our rights back. We're here for freedom. 
for what's right for the people, not what's right for the government. This is about freedom. That's what we're standing for, is freedom. I would give this real estate up for my freedom. When Justin says he's going to lift all mandates, I will gladly go home to be with my, my family. We're not anti-vax, we're not anti-anything uh, other than uh, anti-mandate, if you will. Um, that's what it's about. The message is freedom for every every Canadian. So, and they might bring the cops in, Jason, to rein them in. So it's not just America. These people are just totally detached from reality, from the stats yeah. and the sentiment. Yeah, I tell you, I love those truckers up there. They are united. And you know what? When you're fighting for freedom and individual liberty and self-determination, you're going to be on the right side. Uh, uh, of the equation, and I think they've attracted a lot of attention for all the right reasons. And to see Justin Trudeau, the way he's handled this, the way he's kind of skirted, they just kind of left town, and what an embarrassment. I mean, these guys, and especially because they, these people all keep try, being photographed like, uh, you know, the governor of California and whatnot, without their mask. The hypocrisy, the number of times we've seen somebody demanding that they do this, and then they get to this privileged life where they don't have to do it. It's just, I think it really gets under people's skin. It really does. So Mayor Eric Adams is going to be hosting the President of the United States today. And you know politically, if the President wanted to change around his fortunes and give himself a chance in the midterms, he would leave, he would combine with Adams and pressure the DA here, go ahead and Zoom with uh, with Kim Fox and maybe fly out to California, meet with those DAs and say, guys, you got to step it up because this is getting out of control we have to we have to actually clamp down on criminals and and uh, quality of life crimes. If he wanted to change, he would. I'm not sure he's got the courage to do it. And right away they start talking about guns. Listen to Eric Adams, cut ten. And then we're saying to Washington D.C. SOS. We need your help. We have to stop the flow of illegal guns in our city. 6,000 guns removed off the street last year, close to 400 since I've been in office, yet they keep coming from gun dealers throughout this entire country. Uh, that would be fine, but you got to give people stop, question, and frisk. you got to let them know. They, if you talk to a cop, they were able to detect right away if a guy's, hand, uh, a guy's handling a gun or walking with a gun. The way, by the way they walk, what they do when they feel as though someone's coming up on them, where they grab their wrist, the way they, if they have a gun in their leg, if you talk to these guys and men and women that do this, they pick it out. But right now, they're not even allowed to ask them unless there's a crime going on. Yeah, and, and then once these policemen actually do arrest them, guess what? They need to be prosecuted. They need to be put away, not given you know, cashless bail and back out on the street as quickly as possible. I am glad to see that they're bringing the undercover unit back into place. But, you know, what What uh, Mayor de Blasio did, I'm telling you, you can't just flip the switch and turn it back on. We need to support the police nationwide. You need to have prosecutors that prosecute, put people in jail, and go back to that community um, policing where you're looking after every street corner, everybody who jumps a turnstile, everybody that breaks a window. There has to be a consequence to that. But I don't think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have the guts to do this. Heavens no. They're not going to go against AOC and the and the squad and, 
Tlaib and all those people, they, they don't have the political guts to do what needs to be done. I just want to get your take, uh, Congressman uh, Jason Chaffetz, our guest, about some of these numbers and tell me what they tell you. Politico, those are studied. Uh, President Biden's got 43% approval rating. It's pretty steady. The economy, he's got 39% approval rating. It's taxes, jobs, unemployment. Security, 16% between terrorism, foreign policy, and border security. 16! Healthcare, 12%. <laughs> Um, senior, uh, senior issues, 11%. I should say these are the things that matter most to them. Uh, women's issues, 6%. Education, 4%. Energy, 6%. The education surprised me. Who do you like better on the economy? Democrats losing by 10 to the Republicans, 47-37. Who do you like better on jobs? 45-39 Republicans. Immigration, 45-38 Republicans. National Security, 48-34 Republicans. Gun policy, very close, forty three forty. If I gave you those stats, where's the greatest area for improvement for Republicans that you think that's doable over the next year? And where do you think the Democrats are unfixable? Well, look, the, the numbers only get that low for the Democrats when they lose independents and they lose Democrats. So Republicans can't just be the opposite party. They have to be the party that says, yeah, we disagree with this. But if you want us to be the adults in the room and get things done, here's what we would do. They have to lay out an agenda. The best hope for the Democrats is to rally around the March 1st. There's a reason why the State of the Union is the latest that it's ever been in our nation's history, and that is because they're going to try to re re constitute, if you will, build back better, rebrand it, come up with something, use reconciliation, and have a host of initiatives that culminate on March 1st. If, if Joe Biden doesn't hit that State of the Union with solid policy that he executes over the next six months, I think the Democrats are done. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the whole border, the Afghanistan, the lack of people in the workplace, the eligible people to work that just aren't. He's got a strong unemployment number. It's 3.9%. But uh, in terms of people in the workforce, I mean, that's you need an address that says I need Americans to go back to work. And now handling the pandemic has decreased. He's under 40. Uh, Jason Chaffetz, going to be an interesting month. It will. Well, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. You got it. Meanwhile, the president of the United States coming out right now to expand on the killing of a terrorist in Syria, which on his command he did. So he able to take this guy out. He blew up his suicide vest. Fine. And I love it. Fantastic. But here's the issue. It backs up why we never should have left Afghanistan. Because if you want to know a new terror haven to Afghanistan, you know where we are? Cutter. Back in a moment. Honest commentary. Unique opinions. No agenda. It's Brian Kilmeade. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So the president of the United States just made an announcement. He's killed a, uh, one of the higher ups in ISIS, which is great in Syria, which is fantastic. But keep in perspective, that is why we need a presence there. That's why I was totally against when President Trump said, I love when President Trump put him in and said, go kill ISIS. And they did. And then when he pulled them out and said, I don't really care about the Kurds, that's a huge problem. Then the Kurds start trying to, uh, to have to run for their lives against the Turks. 
in Syria alone, you got Iran with a huge presence. You have Russia with a huge presence. You got Assad looking to kill anyone being propped up by Iran and Russia. Then you have the Turks who are very, who are always policing their border. And then you have the Kurds who are there and you have ISIS who are there. So if the Kurds have needs and if ISIS is about, we will go kill. And when you get the right people, we'll do it with this, uh, with this ISIS leader. He had a suicide vest on and with his kids around him and his wife, he blew himself up and killing them too. And then they blew the place up to begin with. So the ISIS was there. There are Syrians trying to get through our southern border. Uh, I'm fascinated by it. So the president of the United States is then having a 930 address had a basically 10.20 a.m. address, and now he says, i got to get to New York. I'm going to be late because here's his schedule. The motorcade was supposed to, is supposed to leave. Uh, the Air, Air Force One supposed to depart at 9.50. That's not happening. 10.45, Air Force One are supposed to arrive in Queens. That's supposed to be in 15 minutes. That's not happening. A motorcade at 11.10, that's not happening. And he's going to be traveling with the Attorney General Garland to meet with the mayor, the governor, and maybe the DA, the most vilified person in Manhattan, because he doesn't want to prosecute crime. And he told his prosecutors not to do it. When we come back, we go inside that story. And a guy who knows a lot about terrorists wrote about him, Mark Thiessen, a former speechwriter and a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. So glad you're here. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Remember, 8 o'clock, One Nation, Fox News, Saturday night. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. A total of 2.4 million people in 2021 came to this country illegally. Uh, about a, a little more than a million in return, so over 1.2 million people are in this country undocumented illegally, and quite honestly, we really don't know where they are. 1.2 million people. Put that in perspective that's a number that is larger than the population of eight states. We don't know the extent of the human trafficking. We have heard reports of people from 100 different countries coming into this country illegally. That represents a significant threat to national security. So the bottom line is this didn't just happen. This out-of-control flow of illegal immigration, this crisis at the border, is a re- direct result of President Biden's policies aided and abetted by Democrats here in Congress. Uh, that is Senator Ron Johnson wants six more years. Senator Wisconsin, he wants to get in the majority and do the investigations again. He was looking into the origins of the real origins of illegal immigration and was stunned by what he saw. Mark Thiessen's all over this, wrote about it, former speechwriter for the president, uh, Bush, uh, contributor to Washington Post, uh, fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Mark, uh, it's so unbelievable what's happening at the border, and the president seems to be getting away with it. You write that he's trapped. In what way? Well, he's trapped because he uh, he's you know he's creating a policy that's undermining his objectives, right? So, like, he wants immigration reform. He wants to uh, uh, change uh, change our immigration policy to make it more welcoming, and he wants to do something about the you know the dreamers and all that. But he's created an immigration crisis. Uh, that will not allow him to do that. No one is going to address any kind of immigration reform as long as uh, we have open borders. You can't do it. And so, you know, he's, he, he's trapped in that way. It's sort, of like, it's sort of like, you know, why was Donald Trump able to do criminal justice reform? Because 
we the the crime rate was down, right? There 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 was popular support for it because he he had crime under control. And then all of a sudden, all these Democratic mayors and and uh, you know start uh, these soft on crime policies, and we get a massive crime wave. You could never do today what Donald Trump did uh, with 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 murder rate. You know, yet I think something like a dozen cities that broke murder records last year, and many of those had were breaking records they just set the year before. And you've got carjackings and all these other things. Nobody's going to talk about, uh, nobody's going to be open to uh, f- uh, further criminal justice reform when that happens. And so Biden, Biden's policies are exacerbating every conflict that uh, undermines everything he wants to accomplish. So what I'm wondering is, is he going to pay the price for this? I mean, this is unbelievable. They say that his plan is having no plan because he wants more illegals coming in. Who's happy about these illegals coming in? Who's happy about the $340 million spent over the last few months just get these illegals transported uh, uh, covertly to all these small airports around the country? Who's happy that these NGOs are propping these illegals up? Um, only the far left of this country. Uh, that, that and that's this is the problem that Biden faces. So that he's losing. Uh, he has massive disapproval. Biden's approval rating has fallen further, faster than any president in modern in the history of modern polling. He started out with fifty six percent approval um, and twenty points above water. The only uh, and and he has now re- reached uh, to the point where he's ten points underwater, underwater on every issue. Um, and he, and not only is his approval down, but people believe he's incompetent. The majority of Americans say that Biden is incompetent. Pluralities of Americans say that he's mentally unfit for the job. Uh, the majorities of Americans say that he is un- incapable of handling a crisis. And so it's not just illegal immigration. If it was just that one problem, the border, uh, he might be able to survive that if the economy was doing well, if COVID was under control, uh, if all these other things, if crime was under control. But it's this confluence of everything he touches. Is, it's like the reverse Midas touch. Every policy he touches turns to disaster. Uh, that is completely destroying uh, his presidency. He's going to bring... I, I, would be shocked if Republicans didn't take back at least one, if not both, houses of Congress. I mean, they got to take them both back to kind of save the country. Uh, if yeah. it was the old Democratic Party, I'd say, okay, maybe taxes will go up a little bit and the defense won't get the money they deserve. Those are the old arguments. We don't have yeah. the, the new arguments are we like to change the country. We hate our history. We hate our present. But the president did have some good news. Last night we killed, I guess, al-Baghdadi's replacement uh, in Syria. President just spoke about it. He's now on a plane en route to New York City to talk about crime. Listen to what he said. Operating on my orders, the United States military forces successfully moved a major terrorist threat to the world, the global leader of ISIS, known as Haji Abdullah. He took over as leader of ISIS in uh, 2019 after the United States counterterrorism operation killed al-Baghdadi. Since then, ISIS has directed terrorist operations targeting Americans, our allies, and our partners, and countless civilians in the Middle East, Africa, and in South Asia. Haji Abdullah oversaw the spread of ISIS-affiliated terrorist groups around the world after savaging communities and murdering innocents. He was responsible for the recent brutal attack on a prison in northeast Syria, holding ISIS fighters, which was swiftly addressed by our brave partners in the Syrian Democratic Forces. So there he was. It's good move. I'm glad he took the shot, right? Unlike bin Laden, who he didn't want to take the shot. Right. But this is why you stay in Afghanistan, Mark. This is the whole thing. It was to be able to see what the terrorists are doing. We have people in Syria. That's how we know. Exactly. 
Exactly. Exactly. Look, the 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 it's not just the disastrous withdrawal from 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 Afghanistan. It's the fact that we no longer have anyone on the ground. And by the way, all the Afghans who we who would be giving us intelligence about what's going on the ground, we've completely abandoned them. So they have no interest in uh, all our Afghan allies. You know, we've left. I think we left the latest status. We left behind ninety percent of people who were eligible to come to the United States because of they they work for the United States. You got these Afghan special forces guys, who, many of whom were vetted and brought to the United States for Army Ranger training, and we and they were helping us evacuate our people, and we left them behind. And they're, do you think these people are going to help us find terrorists now? So the lesson is we got a very small military presence in Syria on the boots on the ground working with indigenous forces, and they gave us the intelligence we needed to find this guy. We don't have that in Afghanistan anymore. And if Biden had his way, we wouldn't have it. We won't have it in Iraq soon or Syria. Well, you know, I've been noticing something else I think that would concern you. And that's what's happened with Joe Rogan, because you have a podcaster asking questions to a various amount of people, whether it's a comedian, UFC guy, or whether it's Jewel, the singer, or whether it's Dr. Uh, Robert Malone, who is uh, the holder of six mRNA patents, or Dr. McCullough, who is a heart surgeon, and he has some interesting take that he doesn't believe we should have ever been locked down. He doesn't believe the, man- the vaccine should be mandated. And people are upset by that, including Jen Psaki, who doubled down yesterday and said a disclaimer is a good start, but wants more from Spotify. I thought Joe Rogan defined himself well by not apologizing. He says, I'm apologizing if you're offended. He didn't apologize. Cut 21. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I'm not trying to promote misinformation. I'm not trying to be controversial. I've I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations. And he points out the fact that the origin of the virus, the story's now changed. It used to get you. If you write that it came from a lab, you have your account account suspended. If you write that masks don't work, your account gets suspended. If you write that, um, you know, if you write, for example, now we find out that lockdowns don't work. Thanks to Johns Hopkins, you would have gotten your account suspended. All this stuff has changed and he has conversations about him and that's why Crosby Stills Nash and Young are leaving. <laughs> you know something if if we had if we were to cancel everyone who got something wrong then CNN wouldn't be on the air anymore. Uh because they've right. gotten pretty are they much still everything on the air? wrong. I well they apparently not let's put it this way. Uh they're not doing as well as Joe Rogan. Gotcha. I mean, look, I I don't agree with everything Joe Rogan Joe Rogan says. Um, but but I'll tell you, you know, it was, I, I listened to his podcast for the first time a few months ago. I, I was I, I, he had on Sanjay Gupta from CNN, who disagrees with him on a lot of this stuff. And they, it was the most fascinating conversation because he treated him with respect. He challenged him. Gupta pushed back a little bit, and they had a respectful interesting, fascinating conversation. When Gupta was getting asked questions, he normally doesn't get asked and have to explain things that he normally doesn't have to explain. This is a, We should have more discussion and more debate and, be, and, and not start canceling people who say things uh, that, uh, that we disagree with. I don't think, for example, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg should be suspended from The View. I think that she she apologized. She made a mistake. I don't know how genuine her apology is, but we shouldn't be canceling people. People should have the right to say what they want to say and have an open debate. And then people, if they say something that's uh, absurd, let somebody challenge them. Let somebody go on the air and explain to them why they're wrong. And, you know, so, so I, I, this cancel culture has just got to stop, whether it's on the left or the right. I hear you. Uh, Miranda Devine weighed in uh, from the New York Post. Cut 20. 
You also see with Whoopi Goldberg again. This is somebody who you're you're very compassionate and empathetic and good for you for doing that. But I just look at Karen Johnson is her real name, uh, and and I think to myself she was at the forefront of calling for Joe Rogan to to be turned into an unperson to be cancelled, and now she's getting a taste of her own medicine. So let's hope that this humbles her and makes her realise that the left's full-on crusade to crush any opposing views is going to end up crushing them as well. Good point, right? Oh, she, I agree with her 100%. I mean, I mean, look, they, they, now it's coming back to bite them. It's, 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 it, cancel culture is a, is a horrible thing. We need to have more discussion, more debate, and you want to have a culture which challenges the, the, uh, the conventional wisdom because on so many things, especially when it comes to this pandemic, the conventional wisdom was wrong. Lockdowns didn't work. <laughs> we did more damage to kids by, by keeping them out of school for all this time than protecting them. There was a new, new data coming out of the U.K. that even at the start of the pandemic in 2020, the, the COVID was less dangerous than the, common, than the seasonal flu to kids under 18. And today, U.K. data... It's more, it's more dangerous. The flu is more dangerous for everyone up to the age of like 47. And even then, it's just a little bit more. COVID is a little bit more dangerous. The idea that we're locking down everybody and that these lockdowns have had any impact has been proven wrong. The idea that the, the, the virus came from, from nature, proven wrong. The idea that masks are, are, are critical to protecting the society has been proven wrong. The, and the, the public health officials in our country, honestly, it, the, the scandal of the of the of the uh, the corruption of the public health officials is worse this is like their 911 right when the intelligence community got 911 wrong when they missed the terrorists coming they we 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 held them to account we had a commission to investigate them and uh, and we need to do the same thing with the public health officials you can't do that when there's a cancel culture that keeps saying what the conventional wisdom is and any one that deviates from it is is canceled i got two more quick questions. topics uh, because the president of the united states coming to new york city to talk about crime that really affects the entire country but i want to talk about the john Hopkins study which backs up everything you just said but no questions that i could hear or that i heard of to jen Psaki and no public no publicity for johns hopkins on their own study because it goes against what they're doing in the Biden administration, and which means the lockdown should have ended yesterday, and we should be as free as Denmark and the UK and Sweden. And how, how unbelievable is it that we can't get Johns Hopkins to publicize their own study to make government take notice? It's it's outrageous. Um, again, there, 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 we've got a huge problem in our culture, which is that the media selects the narratives and what is going to be what is permissible to say and what is not permissible to say. And that's quite frankly why you need uh, a truth insurgency. You need people like Joe Rogan. I don't think that Joe Rogan gets everything right, but I'd rather have Joe Rogan out there asking questions that people make people uncomfortable than have than than being dependent on CNN and 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 the New York Times to tell me what the truth is because they get it wrong so much. We need a truth insurgency in this country. We need more people out there questioning uh, questioning the data, questioning the assumptions, and not less. Couple of things. We now have Eric Adams, who said a few things that made me feel a little bit better. He wants judges to have the uh, discretion to take dangerous suspects and keep them in jail. He also wants bail reform, no cash bail reform rescinded. And he wants guns off the streets. And however he wants to do that without stop and frisk, I don't know. 
But I believe the president's going to show up today and only talk about guns and ghost guns and the need to get them out. If you were, you know that Joe Biden could save himself and his party if he went ahead and had an emergency conference with these liberal DAs that were put there by George Soros, not by him, that have allowed them to uh, leave quality of life crimes and let people run rampant. Resisting arrest is no longer a problem and people are not going to be prosecuted. Therefore, cops don't make arrests. He has an opportunity today. Will he take it? Well, I'll tell you, what would have impressed me is if he had shown up at one of the funerals and and given a eulogy and said something and spoke out and used that opportunity to do that. I mean, look, here's here's what I'd like somebody to ask him in the in the press today. So when one you've got the mayor of Chicago, who's got record record violence in her city, 25 year high in violence, is asking for federal help. Why was the first thing you did in February when you took office in February last year? was to cancel Operation Legend. The Trump administration launched Operation Legend, which sent, uh, which, which sent federal officers to nine cities that were being plagued by carjackings and murders and stuff like that, and they helped lead to arrest of more than 6,000 people. And his first thing he did was withdraw that support and cancel Operation Legend. Why did you do that? And Great when point. are you going to do it? Where are you going to restore it? Mark, I totally forgot that. That's where you're the best. Uh, Mark Thiessen, former uh, speechwriter for Bush, uh, best-selling author, Washington Post columnist, fellow at AEI, and a Fox News contributor. Mark, thank you. Thanks, Brian. Take care. You got it. When we come back, it's all you. one 408 So glad you're here. Brian Kilmeade Show. Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. And then we're saying to Washington, D.C., SOS, we need your help. We have to stop the flow of illegal guns in our city. 6,000 guns removed off the street last year, close to 400 since I've been in office, yet they keep coming from gun dealers throughout this entire country. Uh, So that's what he wants to talk about, guns. It's got to be more. John, listen on WABC in New York. Hey, John. Good morning, uh, Mr. Kilmeade. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment that Joe Biden is controlled by the irrational left. So we keep expecting rational policies from Joe, but in fact, all you're going to get is the irrational policies of the left. The only option he has is to blame the guns, because if they don't blame the guns, they have to blame their own policies, and they're never going to do that. So Joe Biden's in a tough spot, but America's in an even tougher spot. You can expect a further left to the move, not a, not a, a move to the center. Well, a couple of things. I, I, I think you're kind of right, but if uh, if he's if he is going to be subservient to a mindset and a series of policies that are so unpopular, he is not. He's going to look at this shellacking that Barack Obama got when he lost sixty three House seats as the good old days. I mean, the American people are so uh, upset, Democrats too, about what's happening with crime. If he walks in here and blames ghost guns, he's never going to recover. It's almost as bad as Afghanistan. So that's what we got to look at. Uh, thanks so much, John. Uh, that's my worry. He's about 45 minutes behind because of the Syrian strike, but his motorcade was expected to be in New York City in about 15 minutes. It's probably about 45 minutes out. He's going to get here around noon, uh, at which time he's going to go meet along with the Attorney General Garland, Mayor Adams, Governor Hochul, and other elected officials. Then he's going to go and listen to a, uh, a meeting with the police chief and some of his cops. And then hopefully come out with a joint statement. He's still doing police reform, though. 
By the way, quick announcement. Go to BrianKillMe.com. You can now get all my books, including Frederick Douglass and, the Al- uh, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. Go get them. From the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening. we got a big hour coming your way from New York. The President of the United States running late for a good reason. Killed a terrorist today. He was leader of ISIS, according to reports. We're looking at the, the shelled-out building, the husk of a building. Uh, the terrorist blew himself up and killed some of his family members in the process. So, therefore, he's not in New York yet. He's not even – we believe he might be en route, at which time he's going to meet with the police chief. He's going to meet with the governor, and they're going to meet with the mayor. He's going to have his attorney general with him, and he's going to talk about the need to crack down on crime. But I sense he's only going to mention guns. We have booked people with just one name this hour, Geraldo, Kennedy, and Cher in those uh, in that order. So first thing first, let's before we get to all three of them, and Kennedy's the great singer, let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Each time that something like this happens where they want Joe Rogan removed and Spotify says no, it deflates the potency of these tactics and it shows the public that the media no longer has this power. Media meltdown from CNN implosion to Whoopi Goldberg suspension to Joe Rogan. Americans are watching the powerful rise and fall. What does it tell you about who you can trust and who gets canceled? Number two. And then we're saying to Washington, D.C., SOS, we need your help. We have to stop the flow of illegal guns in our city. 6,000 guns removed off the street last year, close to 400 since I've been in office. Yet they keep coming from gun dealers throughout this entire country. And there you go. Mayor Eric Adams talking what I was talking. Let's see what the president's got on his agenda. Number one. We're now understanding that 60 to 70,000 of them died from substance abuse, deferred cancer care. Uh, We know about the self-harm and suicide numbers. So we're now starting to recognize the collateral damage of COVID-19. Because Johns Hopkins did a study, mandates don't work, lockdowns are ineffective. Why are they not publicizing their own study? Denmark, Sweden, and UK have one thing in common. They've lifted all their restrictions. They lifted all their mandates. With me right now is Kennedy. Uh, Kenny, great to see you. Brian, great to see you. Your, your you, One Nation show is fantastic. Thank you for having me on the Maiden episode. Yes, you were the, the first episode, yes. the Maiden, yes. And yes. you were fantastic. We did a we did a, spo- a, a shorter than I thought news duel. It'll get yeah. a little bit longer. Uh, but uh, quick thing. That's what she was hoping. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. The I'll segment to, on your show, Brian. Thank you. That's yep. all I need. So uh, Kennedy's here. And uh, Kennedy, a couple of things going on. The president of the United States is a little bit late for a good reason, though. Yeah. Syrian strike blows up a terrorist. Let's see. Good job. Horrible person who wants to uh, kill Americans. Right. That's why. You... Now let's talk about the terrorists. Just kidding. JK. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. That's why I believe we might differ on this. I want a presence in the area. Because if you have a small presence in the area, you get to see these terrorists take root. Uh, we are in the area, along with the Kurds, along with the Turks, along with the Iranians, along with the Syrians who will kill anybody. And we're able to see the prison break in and hopefully line up the right person. Why are we there? Oil? Let's get off oil. Syria, not oil. Oh, yeah, yeah let's get just, off oil. Just the we whole, should plug everything in. The whole zone. Though. Yeah, we should plug everything in. Yes, we should live like heathens. Yeah, That's that's what we need. So that's that's my uh, new passion is, Which is? finding – energy sources that are plentiful and healthy so we can truly live like green heathens. 
So do you want to use electricity? Yes. But I want it to be generated by uh, nuclear thorium energy. Really? How much is that a gallon? It's it's uh, plentiful and cheap. Really? It's easier to process than uranium. Um, and we have the highest concentration of uranium-233 in the world, which is the fissile material you need uh, to create the reaction that generates the energy from the thorium, which is a naturally occurring salt. And um, and that would be clean, safe, cheap, and plentiful. And would it work for my uh, SUV? Sure, at some point. Right. I don't know Not how yet, yet right. but if, if you have an electric SUV, we could have thorium plants that give us all the clean electricity in order to fuel those cars. Where would I keep it? You're in your giant mansion that's made of bamboo and good thoughts. And good thoughts, yes. yeah. I don't. Not enough people are building with bamboo anymore. That's why these. They really aren't. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like I have bamboo. I don't know what to do with it. It's great material. Right. I could use it as punishment. Don't people use bamboo reeds? Yeah. Yeah. To punish people. Yep. Who speak out of turn? Yes. That's why we don't live in Singapore anymore. Exactly we just, we right, Brian. You can't afford it. No. Uh, so, Kennedy, uh, a couple of things are happening. So, we killed the terrorist. We're out of Afghanistan. The after-action report of Afghanistan is even worse than we thought. They're sitting there in the middle of August saying, I know uh, Afghanistan's falling. Does anyone have an idea how to get our people out? I mean, do you read the play-by-play on They're this? pretending they don't have people there. Right. And when they go, no, really, there are people here that you promised to get out, they go, well, they want to be there. They were asking for it. Right. Never a good defense. It's a free country, and we don't make people register when they go to Afghanistan, they say. That's so, that's Yeah, so, so what they did was they've been screaming for help to veterans, special forces, they're the few Congress people who are listening, Mm -hmm. trying, begging, doing whatever they can to get out of the country. I've had Daryl Issa on my Fox Business show a bunch of times because he has been so good at getting his constituents and others, even people who don't live in his state, don't live in his district, getting them out of Afghanistan safely because too many people have forgotten about it conveniently. So a couple of things with Daryl Issa. Do you know he's in the military? Do you know that he was a successful multimillionaire? Yes, Carl Arms. Yeah, and which was good I idea. I believe he's the richest member of Congress. Right. Which is why I always have him on my show because I figure if I have him on and I'm nice to him, right. at some point he's going to buy me a car. Right. That would be very interesting if you say, thanks so much for coming on. Kennedy, thanks for having me on. Can I borrow money? I mean, could that – is that how you I think, envision – I think borrow is a strong word. Right. Can I have? Yes. Can I have money? Yeah. Right. That would – is that ethical? I, I mean, Fox, good. I, I, I enjoyed having you on, uh, Congressman Issa. Can I have money? Yeah. Do you have like $4,000? Now. For breakfast? Right. I'll be on the West Coast, sure. <laughs> All right. So I like to bring you, how many times did you have COVID-19? Twice. Right. And they were both whoppers. Like, it was not mild. People were saying this Omicron is mild. I have been coughing for six and a half weeks now. Uh, you have, so you vaccinated? Yeah. Right. Is that too – should I have asked that? You can ask that. Okay. It's, it's not a HIPAA violation. Right, yeah. We're friends. Right. Uh, good thing we're not on the radio because I would never <laughs> want to tell the <laughs> radio right. audience. That's more for the TV. <laughs> so so you have this. So it turns out, you know those things that destroyed our lives called lockdowns, yeah. uh, shutdowns, Masks mandates? are part of that. Right. Uh, it turns out it didn't really work. Johns Hopkins does a study. They come out with these conclusions, uh, but they don't really want to talk about it. 
Have you ever seen people invest in a study, not like the results, and just not talk about it? It's crazy because it's they, they showed that people who were forced to stay in their homes made each other sicker. They actually increased the mortality rate by 3% because of that. And uh, 400,000 businesses have gone out of business permanently. We have to end this right now. Do you know cases are down 49%? Do you know hospitalizations down 16%? If you take it region by region, ours is cratered, hitting the Midwest just a little bit. Dr. Marty McCary works at Johns Hopkins. He has a 401k dental program, full health benefits. Wonderful. He did not mind talking about this last night, flabbergasted his own college dozen cut four. So over two years, it was about a quarter million people who died. Many, many scientists have not begun to peel back this number to understand why were more people dying than the normal death rate in the United States for reasons not related to COVID? Well, we're now understanding that 60 to 70,000 of them died from substance abuse, uh, deferred cancer care. That statistic takes years to accrue. Uh, we know about the self-harm and suicide numbers. And there are hundreds of kids in Baltimore alone that the teachers describe never logged on to their virtual learning modules ever. And they were lost uh, for, to follow up forever in the school system. So we're now starting to recognize the collateral damage. And by the time we finally get the research that catches up with uh, public opinion, people may already have their own narrative written. So that was not even brought up in yesterday's press conference I don't understand why this isn't screaming news. We used to get a study that counters it. I want to see this addressed. How could you not address this? This is affecting everybody. Yes, and but that's the thing. It's affecting everybody, and it's also affecting the people who have amassed so much money and power during the pandemic. They don't. They don't want to let that go. They also they can't admit they were wrong because if you admit you're wrong, you can't keep asking for money. And you know that there is so much investment from big government with this virus. And, you know, a lot of the bureaucrats who have been deciding policy, they've lied to us. And they've, you know, and withholding information is a form of lying. And that's that's what they're doing here. And, and it, it was smart of the Scandinavian countries to be skeptical of the lockdowns in the first place. And, you know, they, they mocked Sweden, but ultimately they had much better outcomes, certainly uh, economically and societally, and especially for kids who won't have the the mental health and intellectual repercussions for years we have to end this so i just i just we have to do it and you know boris johnson i i just we see right through it i think most people are smarter than uh than us listening right now boris johnson gets himself involved in a scandal because he had 16 parties while his whole country was locked down to the 10th power much worse than us businesses destroyed he goes okay everything's lifted we watch and they say we're demanding everyone at the Super Bowl, 85,000 people wear an N95 mask. Then we see in the championship game, the governor, two mayors, no mask, claiming, you're not going to believe this. Here's Mayor Garcetti trying to explain himself on why he was seen without a mask. When people ask for a photograph, I hold my breath. There's a 0% chance of infection from that. I won't pull it down for two seconds anymore. That's easy. But it, to me, it is crystal clear that nobody has been endangered by that. He holds his breath. Yes. When he takes a picture. Yeah, that's that's how uh, you. Do you, do you really that's believe? how we need to flatten the curve. Ah. We need to hold our breath, everybody. Right. Everybody, just hold your breath, and the virus is gone. 
What, why? And these are these are our leaders. And, and think about this: you want to outdoor, you couldn't even serve anyone outside in Los Angeles. Right? Second you biggest live city there. in the country. Right. You live there. They could not go outside on a patio no. in 80 degree weather. Yeah. You couldn't go outside, even though outside there was, you know, I, I will never forget uh, the the video of the uh, L.A. County lifeguards chasing down a paddleboarder, chasing this person down who was out ah. paddleboarding with no one Alone. else around. Not one person in sight. It's like you're going to infect the dolphins. So <laughs> I will, if you taped that, you would have been. Really famous. Um, <laughs> in, on Long Island, they yeah, had sure. they had cops and lifeguards walking around separating people on towels sitting on the beach. Oh, you with the same family? You can sit next to it. You, you got to separate. You need some sort of separation. And then we find out it's total farcical. Outside, it's no problem. Masks don't. Then they just tell us in three weeks ago the masks don't work. Yes. Right. So get an N95 mask. By the way, the key, freedom, N95 mask. So you, let's say you have underlying conditions, and I hope no one has underlying conditions, but reports are they do. Let's say you're a little bit older, you want to be doubly sure, you just want to feel secure. N95 mask protects you. Every, so you. So if I'm walking around without a mask and you are worried about anybody, you wear an N95 mask. If you're not worried, don't worry about it. Because that dumb mask that we have on now doesn't work. Nothing. Does and if you're nothing. worried, get an N95. And then also, the good news is you can go get – if you're at a game, you can go to get a Coke and a, 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 a Fresca. You use a Fresca, love, right? Love the Fresca. Fresca. Grapefruit. And, and you can fan. also do surgery. It's yes. the same mask you use for surgery. You know, it's it's interesting, Brian, because oftentimes when I go to stadiums, they ask me to scrub in right. in surgery. And you're like, hey, I want to watch the game. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's the seventh inning. That, right. I'm just trying to get a gluten-free hot dog right. and enjoy myself. But all right, fine. Get a hairnet and you're in. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. All right, listen, when we come back, Kennedy explains more about my first show and tells me how great it was it in was more detail. The greatest. I can't wait. I need an hour. Back in a moment. Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Radio that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. This game's done a lot for me. I didn't grow up with a lot. This game, you know, changed my life. So to attack the integrity of the game that's that's what i felt was happening in that instance and i wouldn't stand for it and that was dolphins owner stephen ross yes yes and you think it hurt your career i think i think it hurt my standing with with within the organization um and ultimately was the reason why i was let go that is uh brian flores uh two successful seasons uh with the miami dolphins they won seven of the last eight games but he was not talking to his coaches a lot of tension with his quarterback so they let him go and he got a figure he's a leading candidate for the five open jobs and one of the new york giant jobs when he didn't get the giant job and he got a text from bill belichick who erroneously was texting the wrong brian saying congratulations on the job he was congratulating the brian that got the job doubled from buffalo and he realized he's questioning the wrong guy. Brian Flores thought he was going to get the job, hadn't been interviewed yet, and said, am I a token? Am I a token because you got to interview at least one black person before you hire a coach? That's the Rooney rule. And because of that, he put together a lawsuit because he says it's happened too long, only one black coach, even though there's five openings. Brian Flores is suing the NFL. I actually think he has a case. I do. Uh, I think the Stephen Ross stuff is more compelling. The the Dolphins owner, he alleges that uh, he was bribed $100,000 to throw every game so they could get uh, better draft picks. Um, I don't, and he refused to do it. Yes. Yeah, so if, if the, all these emails can come out about John Gruden, then they should be able to come out about Stephen Ross and 
Bill Belichick, even though that was a text. I just think it's funny because I heard that Bill Belichick also texted you and congratulated <laughs> you <laughs> on getting the, the Giants coaching job. Which I said right and away. you said, I haven't interviewed yet. Right. This and is I, a big deal. And wow. I'm suing him. And I am suing Belichick directly. Rightly so. Right. And if I can, I'm going to retain uh, Andy McCarthy. Is going to handle this suit. Oh, I thought it was Michael Avenatti. <laughs> no, he's, he's busy got some now. Time on his hands. Uh, he's suing, trying to find out how many people uh, that uh, his who's his client again? Stormy Daniels. Who now I find out is a medium. She oh. talks to people on the other side. Wow, I, that was interesting. He That's lucrative. So it's very good. Yeah. And you, and you sleep Imagine well at night. A, a, a nude medium. Right. You know, it's like it's. It's hard to concentrate. That it's a niche audience, right? But my goodness, right? I would like to go see a stripper and find out who died, and I miss <laughs> uh, you, Jackson. Your grandma loves you, right? Exactly. You put their ones in my g-string <laughs> if you had it on. You, Jackson, was coach of the Browns, and they were terrible. He alleges the same thing. Cut forty-one. And I tried to sound this alarm a while back, uh, but nobody wanted to listen because the record was so bad. I wasn't offered $100,000 for every game, but there was a substantial amount of money made within, you know, what happened in this situation um, every year at the end of it. When I understood what was going on, I immediately called the National Football League and I talked to Roger Goodell about what I thought was going on. So this is not new. So I don't know what Roger Goodell said to him, but this is huge, especially in this advent of betting and the every you know DraftKings and all these things. This is something you know people used to bet, but it used to be above under the under the table. Okay, if if this is going on in one of our major sports leagues, then Pete Rose has to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's 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 yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. Okay. But can we handle this first? Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you don't mind? Okay. Can we not? I mean, if you're the- betting against people and betting against your team, then Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, look at what the Eagles did last year. The Eagles tanked, uh, uh, totally tanked, put in their backup quarterback in order to let the Redskins win. The Washington Redskins, who are now the Commanders, the win. Commanders, yeah, the commies. So they they go and win. The Giants are like, wait a second. If uh, the Eagles won, we would have moved up. But they wanted the draft pick, so the Giants are out of the playoffs. Remember, suck for luck. Oh wait, that was my prom night. Remember <laughs> when every team was trying to tank the end of their season to so right. get Andrew Luck, and then he turned out to be Barry Sanders. Quit early. You did quit early. Very good. So you do know sports. Um, I did not know you were serious. I did not know how into it you are. I love the sports. Right. And the Brian Kilmeade. Watch One Nation. Saturday nights on the Fox News Channel. Brian Flores should go get the Houston job now. That would be intriguing. And he's, he's going to be on the hosting One Nation this week on the Fox News Channel. Thank you. Not Brian Flores. Not Brian Kilmeade. Uh, text somebody else, Bell Belichick. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. To be clear, they're not going to Ukraine to fight, right? In, in a, so I know that's what you were asking, but just for clarity for uh, the, tra- the transcript purposes. Um, so this, our effort and our uh, objective here has been to ensure we are ready for every con- contingency. Uh, and force posture... Um, uh, increases as part of that preparedness. Um, it's to reassure our allies uh, to whom, as I've said, we have a sacred obligation. 
Uh, there you go. Uh, that is uh, Jen Psaki trying to say there's a reason why we send 3,000 troops over there. That's one thing is Russia don't want the exact opposite. They say de-escalate in the area. We don't like the fact that Soviet Union broke up and evidently there was a rule that we weren't going to have Warsaw Pact countries join. No, we have an open door policy with NATO. A lot of people join. They don't want to be part of the Soviet orbit. They don't want to be allied to Russia. They don't like that form of government. And yet the Russians continue to infiltrate into Belarus and prop up that ugly dictator. Kazakhstan and prop up that ugly dictator against their people and they want to have control of the Ukraine. The Ukraine won't have it and that's why we're in this situation where we're in. So now you have NATO, EU and the US trying to de-escalate this entire operation. So there was a written response to the Russian request. They didn't get almost anything that they wanted. Brett Velikovich, who is a former special ops intel analyst, understands what's at stake when a battle is imminent. Cut 33. I don't see any scenario where Russia doesn't continue its escalation and eventually cross the border into Ukraine. It might not be imminent, but it feels inevitable because Ukraine is the perfect front line in Putin's strategic goals of testing U.S. alliances and making aggressive attempts to further drive a wedge between the United States and NATO. And the sad reality is it's it's working. The intel is clearly pointing to Putin and Russia not stopping their troop buildup and only increasing. Otherwise, this new U.S. troop deployment of the region wouldn't be necessary. And these confusing responses from the White House about Ukraine and President Biden's inability to draw a line in the sand with Putin is only making matters worse. It's not helping. The Russians are running circles around this administration, outmaneuvering us on many different fronts. They're taking the lessons learned from Afghanistan and embarrassing Biden along the way. And our leaders need to wake up. In a way, and I agree with half of that, but if the Russians still go in, that's the issue. If they still go in and then we sanction and they don't change their behavior and they occupy because then it's over for Lithuania. It's over for Moldova. Evidently, they have a presence there. That means it's eventually going to be over to all the Baltic states. I don't think they're ever going to go into Poland. Poland is ready to fight and they now have equipment and bases and I don't think that'll ever happen again. But And then they set up the pipeline. That means that even if we get NATO on the same page, even if we get the EU and U.S. on the same page, they still do it. That's a disaster. What I think the Russians would find a mistake is that if they stay, there's going to be a lot of body bags because the Ukrainians will fight like hell, and they're not going to give up. They're already planning on fighting in a guerrilla fashion. They're fighting through the subways. They're fighting through the streets. They do have some armaments, so it's not going to be like it happened in Syria. You land and take over. It's not going to be like when it happens in Crimea. You take over what I understand. I've never been there, but vacation spots, and you just rolled over bridges and you took it. Many people historically say, well, it belonged to Russia anyway. Khrushchev shouldn't have given it away in the 1950s unrequested. But that's another conversation. But if everything that we're doing and the intense diplomacy that we've done and they still go in, then all of a sudden you got to wonder how much longer there's going to be an effective NATO because they've lost all credibility, so to speak. So there was a leaked document on our written responses that came out yesterday. There's a push on the right not to do this at all. I don't think they were even considering sending troops into uh, Ukraine. It would be interesting if they're even an associate member, but they're not. But among the people not happy about it, I know Tucker's not happy about it. And Senator Josh Hawley called out by Jen Psaki, which is a badge of honor, cut 31. 
We need to say to our NATO allies, they need to do more in their own defense. And Ukraine is a perfect example. Listen, I think that we should help Ukraine defend themselves. I'm not in favor of Russia taking over Ukraine. Far from it. And this administration has coddled Russia and stuffed money in their pockets with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and all kinds of other things. So if you want to look at somebody who's responsible for what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, just look at Joe Biden. But listen, we need to be saying to the Europeans, you've got to do more in your own defense. We've got to focus on China and the pressing security threat there. The United States can't do everything. That's what a partnership is. And that's what we should be saying. Well, I think we are saying that to a degree. Now, when the 127,000 troops line up and they're building fortifications on the border and it looks like they're coming in with their special ops through Belarus now, evidently there's uh, no there's no Ukrainian presence at all on the border of Belarus and Ukraine. They got the second or third biggest army in Europe. You got Russia, France, and then Ukrainians. And we know they know how to fight. And evidently, if you listen to General Keene, the after action report amongst the Russians is that when they took Crimea and the Donbass region, it was so much harder than we thought in Donbass. And remember, there's 16,000 Ukrainians that lost their lives still fighting there. But It's not been easy for the Russians, and the Russians wanted to do this and say, hey, brother, come on back. You know how tight we are. Remember the Soviet Union? We were one country. It worked out well. We fought together in World War II. Remember that? And they say, no, we remember after World War I when we were free. And this has galvanized the Ukrainians behind their current government and got them 80-plus percent want to have no relationship with Russia and a great relationship with the West. And it was virtually 50-50. So there's a chance for a disaster with Russia. But in terms of all deterrence, I think you got to say this missile system's going in Lithuania. This missile system's going in uh, Poland. This is how much we're going to bulk up our troop presence in the surrounding NATO areas, in the areas that, that matter most. And then we turn around and say, for us not to do that, I want you out of Venezuela. I want you out of Cuba. I want you to stop working with the guerrillas in Colombia. And I certainly don't want you in Mexico. So – Get the China and Russia out of the region would certainly be a big help. Uh, and we'll talk about that. So when we come back, I'll take some more of your phone calls, one 408 Also, uh, we'll give you a preview of what's coming up on the Saturday show, uh, One Nation, and also urge you. So for people that want to get Sam Houston, the Alamo Avengers, Andrew Jackson, the Miracle of New Orleans, Thomas Jefferson and the Triple E Pirates, George Washington's Secret Six, or, or Frederick Douglass, uh, the Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, the president of Freedom Fighter. Just go to BrianKillMe.com. It goes to my local bookstore. It goes to me, and I can personalize and get it out. To me, I know pajama grams are an attractive item come, for, come Valentine's Day, but a lot of people think in history books. And if you're looking for that perfect thing for somebody that has everyone, everything, try it. See how it goes. Back in a moment. The fastest growing talk show in America. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. There are an awful lot of contemptible leaders in corporate America, maybe most of them. But only a certain kind of CEO ever gets fired. It's not the weak one. The guys who do what they're told, issue the cringy statements and let the HR department run everything, those people tend to keep their jobs till they retire. People like that just want to get it over with and cash out. They don't take risks. They don't dare to build anything. They're just caretakers. If their dignity is the price of job security, they are happy to pay it. More than at any time in our history, America is run by people like that. It's only the strong who are punished. Strong leaders tend to be abrasive, 
They're arrogant. Sometimes they're what we now call abusive. They ignore convention. They say outrageous things in public and private. They don't blend in with the group. Often they alienate the more sensitive types around them. They don't have maternal instincts. A lot of modern people are put off by strong leaders, but you've got to have them. Creative masculine energy is the essential quality in any civilization. It's how we got civilization in the first place. But increasingly, boisterous masculinity is systematically suppressed to make way for a timid caretaker class. For people who think the whole point of society is to get to zero COVID infections or eliminate all traffic deaths. Those may sound like virtuous goals. In fact, they're signifiers of decline. Not dying can never be the whole point. If it is, you're already dead. So that was another insightful monologue and just a portion of it for Tucker Carlson last night to talk about the firing of of Jeff Zucker. So Jeff Zucker, who at 27 years old had revitalized the Today Show, best friends with Matt Lauer and looks like sparring partners with Katie Couric to a degree, who ended up leaving NBC uh, for a brief period of time and going to produce Katie Couric's talk show. It failed uh, spectacularly, at which time she wrote in his book that it really hurt her show, evidently, that she he was insisting on bringing a PR person with him, who's now he's linked with romantically and did everything but name, but she came forward, Allison Golst. So she's an executive with uh, CNN who currently still has her job. So out of nowhere, Jeff Zucker, who is also expanding his responsibility to include Turner Sports when CNN got bought, just said, hey, I didn't tell everybody that I was having an affair, even though I'm single, so I resign. And then you have Jake Tapper, also on CNN, is the survivor. Came out and said, this has to be Chris Cuomo's lawyers just blowing up Jeff Zucker. Because when Cuomo got fired, he essentially said, I got a lot on this guy. You can't fire me. And maybe one of the things they had on this guy is that Allison Golst was also a media person for Governor Andrew Cuomo. And maybe somehow it's written in text that Andrew Cuomo was working with Jeff Zucker on maybe unifying a message and maybe urging Chris to interview Andrew, which most people say was totally inappropriate journalistically. Uh, obscene and tone deaf as we're in the middle of a pandemic without a vaccine, without therapeutics, and they're mocking each other, laughing at each other while there is a book being written about it. And there's being, and there's people in nursing homes dying, most of which were, most people did die were seniors. So having said that, people think this is a much bigger story. So why am I bringing this up? Because it's another example of the powerful people that are so condemning of everybody else, like Donald Trump and everybody else. And they come out and their house is a mess and they are a mess. And the people just say that this guy's going to get fired. That was just interviewing him. Um, uh, this, uh, their media person is going to be, yeah, um, is, uh, is going to get fired. So Zucker is, look, he is definitely out. But the question is, how much bigger is this going to get? Chris Cuomo, how many more people is he going to take down? Andrew Cuomo having dinner last night or two nights ago with the mayor of New York City. There's reports that they have stuff on each other. I don't know what this mayor could have done when he was borough president of Brooklyn, that Andrew Cuomo has something on him. We will see because he's trying to mount a big comeback. Chris Cuomo is out in oblivion. Jeff Zucker is now out. We'll see how many other people are linked to this. Because when you're when you're linked to someone who's powerful, you think you're impervious. When they go down, you usually go down too. Here's Katie Pavlich last night. Cut twenty four. 
CNN and the relationship with the Cuomo's was like dousing the building with gasoline and Chris Cuomo was holding the match on the way out. And he's about to throw it in there because when they fired him after everything that they did to protect the Cuomo brothers, getting rid of him, putting it all on Chris Cuomo, this is Cuomo's revenge. They mess with the gangster brothers and they're getting it back right now. There's way more to this about that we're going to find out, hopefully. Possibly. uh, Absolutely. But we know that CNN made its mission to blow up Donald Trump. They would never report anything good, never report anything positive. That is not the case here at Fox when it comes to Joe Biden. It's not the case that we thought that Donald Trump walked on water or was uh, evil incarnate either. That is why, in my humble opinion, what I've been able to witness, the ups and downs of this business, that Fox is really the place to go to. We have more interesting people, more diverse programming with various opinions and a mix of that and news. And CNN is the same thing. It is just different people saying the same exact thing all day, self-important, and that's why the ratings have dropped 76%. Glenn Greenwald, a liberal columnist, starting many of his different efforts, weighed in on what he's seeing, not only with Zucker being fired, not only with the ratings dropping everywhere, Rachel Maddow, by the way, leaving at the worst time for NBC, who just lost Brian Williams, MSNBC, who just lost Brian Williams, fascinating. So now you have Glenn Greenwald weighing in because this is the same time you're attacking somebody you can't control. Joe Rogan, who's on his average podcast, his average download is 11 million people. This UFC fighter, a former Fear Factor host, outstanding comedian, started a podcast years ago. No one cared. But now it's extremely powerful. It's uncontrollable. And he'll interview anyone, whether you're an actress, singer, a UFC fighter, scientist, political thinker, deep thinker. He tries to stay out of the celebrity thing, but he loves Mike Tyson and people like that. He is now getting un- uh, uh, being blitzed because he's putting out things that are different from the CDC and FDA, interviewing people with counter opinions that we have on all the time. But Joe Rogan uh, evidently is being irresponsible by asking questions. Here's Glenn Greenwald, Cut 25. You can feel the power shifting from these older power centers like news networks and even some of these mass media outlets who used to have the capacity when they united to instantly destroy somebody to demand their deplatforming and have it done overnight. And now, as you said, when they attack, they're essentially making their target stronger because they fail. Each time that something like this happens where they want Joe Rogan removed and Spotify says no, or they attack Substack and they issue a defiant statement saying we're not going to censor it deflates the potency of these tactics and it shows the public that the media no longer has this power and it makes their target seem like martyred dissidents and people want to pay more attention. I do. And but I worry Spotify. I think it's great that they stand by him. And I don't know this guy, I, uh, but he's standing by him. Fine. Crosby, Stills, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young said, pull down all my stuff. Sharon Stone criticizes Joe Rogan. Uh, Roxanne Gay joined Benet Brown in saying the podcast would no longer be available on Spotify. Do we know who Roxanne Gay is or Benet Brown? Renee Brown, I do. She um, actually has a decent podcast. She's sort of very inspirational. Um, I okay. don't know about Roxanne. How, how, so they're going to just take themselves off Spotify. Interesting contract you have, right? If I so if I don't like someone on Fox, I'm just going to I'm just not going to do the radio show. Remind me. Uh, yeah. Thank goodness I like everyone on Fox. If I see a report that I'm I'm not happy with, remind me to protest. Just walk out. Walk it out right now. I mean, there would be a lot of dead air time if you did that at Fox. Every time I didn't like it, yeah, yeah. there would be because I, I tend to do it. Uh, but so you have that. Sharon Stone came out against him. People that came out for him. Kevin James. 
uh, forum, The Rock Forum. Um, Rob Schneider came out for him. Uh, the stars are lining up for him. But my fear is that they will make him, if he does anything that they will get controversial, they'll go up to his sponsors and they'll start saying, boycott this guy. They, you know, the same sponsors like Coca-Cola, Air, uh, Airbnb that sponsor the Olympics, even though the Uyghurs are being tortured and their organs are being harvested and families being separated and forced to wear a uniform. We don't care about that. But we would care about Spotify, who might have a host on that allows experts to come in that don't agree with Anthony Fauci. This is how nuts it is. And my worry is that Spotify is a publicly traded company. And if they started their stock starts tanking, there's going to be pressure to, I don't know, do more than the disclaimer on Joe Rogan. And he'll just say, listen, let's just do a settlement. You owe me about 90 million. I'll take it. Give it to me. I'm walking out, you know, and just and that's it. And then who loses? We all lose. We all lose. I I don't even I, I don't understand the concept of interviewing someone that you don't like and getting mad at the show. So Larry King used to be famous for interviewing people on his show. And I don't even know, you know, UFO, people abducted. I don't know. You know, and the one thing he would just get out of the way. He would ask, why is that? Who, who are they? Why did you do this? What do your parents do? Uh, how much money do you make? Those are the questions. I, you know, all these guys, whether it's George Steinbrenner or Howard Cosell, they would interview all these people controversial. No one ever said fire Larry King. But if Larry King did a three-hour monologue... That'll be an issue. If Joe Rogan, I still wouldn't have a problem with it. If Joe Rogan had a three-hour monologue where all he did was give his opinions uh, over and over again, which a lot of talk radio people do, they don't want to take calls, they don't want to take guests, they don't want to play a lot of sound, they just want to give opinions. And you go, well, it's dangerous. That's a different conversation. I still don't think he should be touched. Affiliates pick you up, affiliates don't, you download, you don't. But he's just putting interesting people on. And if Joe Rogan fails, we all fail. And that's a guy, I've never met the guy. Brian Kilmey Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.